The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. Today, our guest is Mary Lestala, the executive director and founder of Girls Count. Phil Bussey, it's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. Mary Lestala is the executive director and founder for Girls Count. How are you doing? Good, Phil. How are you? Good, good. So Girls Count, uh, mm-hmm. life skills and leadership. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so we work with girls in middle school. So our goal um, is to really show girls, we say life skills and leadership, and it's kind of wrapped up in that's you know, peppered into everything that we do. We really show them real world academics. Um, and at the core of all of that is we really want to show them things like how to communicate, um, building confidence in themselves, how to collaborate with others. Um, and leadership is a big part of that as well. Having a voice, having opinions, um, and being informed decision makers out in the world. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. <laughs> I want to double, I want to double back and, and talk about <clears throat> real world academics because um, I, I think in some ways at the heart of what you're doing, and correct me if this doesn't seem right, is you're tackling that question that, that seventh graders ask that are like, math will never matter for me. Like, why am I learning geometry? But that's, you're, you're addressing that, that head on. Exactly. So my background is in mathematics. Um, and so I have a degree in mathematics from Portland State, and that's sort of how this all had started. Um, and I was always interested in applied math. So, you know, when we started our program, it was all about, originally it was about teaching, you know, the, those core foundations for learning math, the things that you're gonna be tested on. And then I just, you know, I had such a struggle with that because I was teaching a lot of things that I was like, God, I just know that you're never gonna use this, right? And that is the question we hear from kids all the time. Um, and that's really what we wanna focus on now and even filling the gaps of things that you're not learning in school. So. For example, financial literacy, you know, or it, learning about interest, you know, you learn how to calculate interest, but do you really understand what it means, like your credit card debt, your student loan debt, things like that. So how do you actually use these things in, that you've learned in school? How do you apply them? But also we want to teach girls other things that they're probably going to miss in a traditional classroom. Um, like I say, financial literacy, learning about small business, things like that. So we're filling in those gaps as well. And, and um, I want to get to some of the, the, the gender ideas of, of why girls may miss that uh, more than boys. Um, yeah. But I, I, I really liked, and I don't think you're offering it in the upcoming weeks or months, but you had a trip called Planning a Road Trip, which I mean yes. seems terribly romantic right now. But yes. can we talk a little bit about uh, planning a road trip and using math for that? Because that seems like such an exciting, fun way to show how math can have these applications in a, in a way that seems 
uh, uh, unlikely at first blush. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we did that uh, about a month ago with taking a road trip workshop. Um, I actually had taken a road trip myself. I drove cross country from Atlanta. So um, it was always in the back of my mind, the big trip that I took and how fun that was. Um, but there is so much planning and, you know, math certainly is involved in just the planning of taking a road trip and all of your expenses. Um, and the girls had so much fun with that because they're doing what we maybe as adults feel like tedious things, but they had such a real experience of looking up information. They were on hotels.com, looking at hotel prices and renting cars. These are not things that a typical 12 year old ever does or has any real thought to do. Um, but they just ran with it. They were so excited. They planned actual trips that they want to take in the future with friends or family. Um, so they learned how to do, again, these life skills that we may take for granted. Um, and they figured out how to plan this trip. So all the logistics, all the things that maybe they wouldn't have even thought of, um, where do they find their, their meals and what are those prices? Um, so that was, it was a lot of fun. They were very creative and I told them they had to at least hit three cities and go outside of Oregon. So that was the parameters, but some went cross country and back. Um, even someone planned a like cross country and they forgot the round trip part of it. So just the little <laughs> things that they don't think about, right? They're like, I want to go to this location. And they had that amount of planning and it's like, well, you have to come back too, right? So they had to double everything and um, those little problems that come up that they don't think about. So it was really, really fun. That, that sounds great. Uh, yeah. And I was, I, I was going to ask like, the, where was the strangest place that one of the girls chose? Oh, funny. Um, I don't know strangest but i did have one girl i think she hit um i i the numbers wrong but somewhere in the 20s like 20 different cities she was planning and planning and planning and i was like gosh you're doing an awful lot of planning and then our, on her presentation day she was like well i hit 20 some cities so there was all this planning and all the hotels it was really impressive the amount of work that she put into it so that was that was fun it was inspiring and and i mean so it seems like it is math that leads to, I mean, you said leadership before, but I, I would also say problem solving. Absolutely. Yeah. When I say math, I almost try to like air quote it. I don't want to think of it as like math, the school subject, but problem solving and creative thinking is really what we're focusing on. Um, you know, how do you take this idea? Like, how do I problem solve? How do I find a solution that's not a formula, right? It's like, how am I being resourceful? As problem comes up, you know, how do I find information? How do I ask the right questions? That's definitely in, um, you hit it on the head for sure. That's definitely in everything that we do. And, and, and so talk just a few of the camps and workshops that are coming up. I mean, it's a really fun menu. Um, who, mention a few of them if you don't mind, but also who decides? Who decides what to offer? I mean, that has to seem like a, that's a, a, a fun uh, uh, curriculum to put together. Yeah, it, um, uh, so myself and I have a program director who recently just joined our team. She's been an amazing team player, tons of ideas. She was a math and science middle school teacher. She taught for six years, so she was always interested in project-based math. So um, as soon as we met, we instantly bonded. Um, it basically, I, myself and her in a collaboration come up with these, and it's really whatever, we try to do whatever's happening at the time. So we did just finish an election workshop earlier this year. Uh, we had COVID data analysis. Um, so whatever we think is relevant, that is certainly the most fun part is, is getting that idea um, and just thinking, oh, where can we go with this? And then it just spirals from there. So now we have coming up is our small business series. So obviously very dear to my heart is girls starting their own businesses. Um, and that really comes from working with girls who 
are already making little products or doing things, selling things to their friends, their neighbors. So we want to take it one step further. So we've got a small business series that you can take. Um, there's sort of three sections. You can take individually or all together. Um, so it's designing a consumer product or service. And again, the life skills, it's like where, you know, you have to think about your customers. Why is this important? Why do I have a unique idea? Um, and building confidence in that. And then, so we kind of did design a, a business plan. Again, the math comes into that. And then there's branding where you design your logos and what is your visual images and then uh, designing a website. And if girls make a website with a product they do want to sell, we will promote it on our website. So kind of that, um, you know, getting their, their stuff out into the world. Um, and then we have another one, which uh, my program director is, is running is the Girl Empowerment Workshop. Um, and we're launching an all new girl zine, which we're really excited about. Um, first off, I want, do you, do you know any of the products that are being developed? Yeah, I'd have that. Uh, I don't. No, I know it's before that. the class has started, but. No, yeah, exactly. No, so we, so they know, obviously that's going to be um, the idea where you can either have an idea that will help you develop or we'll just completely start from scratch. So I don't know. And I'm always so excited to hear, you know, what girls are going to come up with. It's always, you know, always different. We never know exactly what things are going to be when we plan these workshops. So that's the fun of it for sure. And then the zine. So then the other project is, is this new zine uh, that yeah. girls count is going to launch. Um, give me the pitch for the zine. What's, what's, what is it going to cover and uh, who's the audience? Yeah, so it's completely created by girls for girls. So again, the girls that we work with are age around 10 to 13. They are going to create all of the content and it's really for girls their age. So whatever really that they want to talk about, um, we sort of have, it kind of came along because uh, again, my program director and I were thinking of sort of the pillars of girls count. What are these sort of core ideas that we want to hit? So community activism, leadership, um, healthy mind and body, things like that. And we started to think, well, those kind of sounds like sections in a magazine. So that is the structure of it, but really the girls are creating all the content. So whatever they want to talk about within those areas, and we're being very broad with that, um, do they want to create, write an article, write a poem, create a piece of art, something that is very, you know, self-expression. Um, and they're, you know, creating all the content. They're going to be in charge of organizing it and developing everything. We're sort of the editors, um, but they're going to put out into the world whatever they feel is important. And we just want to give them a voice for whatever they want to talk about. And is this going to be print as well? Both. Yeah, I think we're going to start this first time as an online zine. Um, and then we want to do both. We want to have it available on the website, but we do want to actually print it and, um, and get it out there as well. So Good. A, new, a new generation that has uh, tactile media, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and so uh, I don't want this to sound too challenging of a question, but a zine, you know, as, mm -hmm. as a journalist, that sounds like words. That doesn't sound like math. So is, is, are, are you wandering away from Girls Count or am I missing out on a, a core tenant of how math plays into a publication? Yeah, we are branching out. So um, again, math has been uh, the core of what we've, we started with, but we are trying to do more creative things as well. Um, but again, the problem solving does come into that because they have to think about really organizing all of their ideas, all of their thoughts and creating a physical thing, like how, what's the layout going to be, things like that. So there is some problem solving for sure. Um, but definitely the math, again, I'm air quoting, um, is, is not as involved in that one. 
And, that, and that's a nice thing about, I, I don't know if you thought about this when you, when you named your organization, but Girls Count, I don't automatically think math. I think uh, 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 um, it's, it's more of a Girls Count. They are, they are here, they are, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There was that play, there was definitely the pun, um, because we were more math focused, it's like, of course, counting and math. Um, but it was all about they matter and their voice, putting their their thoughts out into the world. So definitely there was that play. And now we know that, again, we're a little more lenient. Like we didn't, we never strictly said math. So they, they count, they matter. It's all about the girls. And so I, I, I want to go back to some of the origin story then. Um, sure. Because th this did not start as a nonprofit. Correct. Yes, this was a for-profit. So when I was getting my degree, um, being one of the only women or very few women in my classes, um, you know, I'd always wanted to start a business. I had worked with kids for probably about eight years prior to that. That was 2016. Um, I had launched a, a sole proprietorship called Math and Color. So we worked with elementary school girls and that was more strictly math. We were teaching them more common core, but in a visual way. Um, and then as that kind of evolved and through the work of working with girls, I wanted to design something for older girls and again, more of an application and something a little more broader. So in 2019, we launched as a nonprofit. I had always wanted to be a nonprofit um, and it was kind of getting my feet wet in business and then finally taking that plunge and becoming a nonprofit last year. And, 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 and talk to me a little bit more like, do you remember when the light bulb went off and said, hey, this would be better as a nonprofit or this would create more opportunities for the organization as a nonprofit, was 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 it a dimmer switch or was it an on-off switch? Like, how did how did the idea come around? Yeah, it was a dimmer switch for sure. I had always wanted, like, even at the start of the first business, I was like, I, I, I like that. I think this is better as a nonprofit. Um, I just wasn't quite ready, I suppose. Um, it was about a year and a half ago. I had a friend who um, she's like, you really, this really should be a nonprofit. There's funding out there and. And I was, that was kind of the final push. And I was like, I know I really need to take this step and finally get there. So um, through some help of networking and friends who have worked in nonprofits and just doing the research on my own and learning and gaining confidence, um, that's kind of how it evolved. And I finally took the plunge. <laughs> how, did, how did you pick your board members? Uh, board members started as friends, um, a close friend who was in the math program with me. Um, I have a math teacher friend. Um, it started in that way, just other women who were excited about what we were doing. Um, and then it went from there, people in our network, um, we have a, a friend who's a neighbor, his daughter had come to my, my uh, workshops. So he joined and slowly it's just been kind of growing from there. People who are interested in our, our programming and in sort of the math world um, and trying to branch out as well to people who have more experience in the nonprofit world as well. So we have a small, very dedicated group of people. It's, it's sometimes nice to have a smaller group, right? Decisions yeah. can be reached quicker. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's been the hardest part about trans transforming into a nonprofit? Is there something that you didn't expect? Uh, or has there been something that uh, 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 has, has just been trickier? Um, definitely the fundraising side of it. So that's not something you deal with, obviously, in a for-profit business. Um, it's gaining the confidence to just be asking people for money. You know, that's not feeling like a salesman trying to pull for donations, things like that. I'm still kind of in the small business mindset. I'm still thinking about, you know, revenue and what are people paying? And I need to kind of get out of that and start thinking more as a, as in the fundraiser world. So that has been a hard challenge for me to kind of make that transition. So it's something I'm still learning today and still 
trying to get you know information from others as well but you're still selling something are you not mm -hmm. i mean i mean you're yeah. you're, you're selling yeah, an opportunity for young young girls exactly i mean our goal certainly is and we have scholarships and we have skilled enrollment so ideally we want to have the funding to where we never have to deny anybody i've been lucky so far that i haven't had to um we do have revenue coming in which is fantastic um, but i do feel like this is something that we would just love to just offer as a free program so one day that really is the goal is to just get funding so it's not always uh, parents having to pay for something like this so we want to make it available to anybody regardless of any income limitations and and we will talk about some of your plans for expansion in a new space after we take a music break mary lastala is the executive director and founders for girls count uh what have you brought into us to listen to yeah this this is Ani DeFranco, all of this. So um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, where she's, you know, part of the big, you know, Buffalo music scene. She's not there anymore, but um, uh, she was a huge influence on me. I've always loved her work, just even as a person, she's very outspoken, very political. Um, so this is one of my favorites. I feel like it's this quintessential Ani song. So I felt like it represented myself and Girls Count pretty well. And the song title again is? All of this. All of this, let's take a listen. Yeah. Ultraviolet curse. I won't let you make a tool of me. I will keep my mind and body free. Bye bye, minutiae of the day to day drama. I'm expanding exponentially. I am consciousness without identity. I am many things made of everything, but I will not be your bankroll. I won't idle in your drive-through. I won't watch your electric sideshow. I got way better places to go. And I will maintain the truth I knew naturally as a child. I won't forfeit my creativity to a world that's all laid out for me. I'll look at everything around me, and I will vow to bear in mind that all of this was just someone's idea. It could just as well be mine. I won't wrench you my
That was, of course, Ani DeFranco, the unmistakable voice of Ani DeFranco, uh, singing all of this. This is Phil Bussey. It's the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to Mary Lestrala, who is executive director and founder of Girls Count, which is an organization that provides programs and opportunities for uh, young girls uh, to learn life skills, leadership, sometimes through math, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. launching, launching a zine uh, and, and, and looking for a new space. I mean, it's, in spite of COVID, it seems as if Girls Count is growing. It is, yeah. We, you know, this is our first year of being a nonprofit, but we, we exceeded our expectations, which we're really excited about. Um, I've seen over 100 girls, I think we're at 103 um, for this year, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, despite COVID, I mean, of course we had to move online um, but with schools closed, I mean, girls are just not getting those social experiences. We really want to open up a permanent space in Portland. Um, obviously, we hope to get past this pandemic. Um, so we're ready to just kind of get back out in person. We're doing little small groups here and there. Um, but to have a space where we can run all of our programming, um, girls can be together, collaborating, making things together, that's really, really important to us. So we're in the process of fundraising for that. We're hoping to open um, in the spring, um, and I'm ready to launch a whole new summer program as well. Do you do you already have a, a, a location picked out? Uh, we have our eye on one, so we've been kind of looking around just to kind of see. Um, I think we're still a couple months out um, as far as being ready to to jump in. Um, so we we I think I know where we're going to end up. Um, we've been looking at retail spaces, so uh, we want to have an open space. We wanted to have a kitchen as well. Um, because we were doing a healthy eating and cooking and things like that. So that was important. So we had not as many opportunities, you know, to find the, the right space. But um, I think we're, we're probably going to narrow down the one that we're looking at in hopefully March or so. Is there uh, a neighborhood that seems to work best? Um, not necessarily. We're, we're looking at the inner Southeast area. Um, most of the girls that we work with tend to be in the Southeast area. I live in the Lentz neighborhood. Um, so I'd like to say it on the on the east side. Um, so, but you know, we meet with girls from all over Portland. So they're we're not trying to hit one pocket necessarily, um, but it definitely southeast is where we were looking. And and do you have a picture in your head what this will look like? You mentioned there'd be a kitchen. Sounds like there'd be a craft area. I mean, would this be mm -hmm. a, a, a a girls clubhouse? Would this mm -hmm. be like a, a a tween we workspace? Um, what? Do you have a vision? Yeah. yeah, sort of all those things. So we wanted a sort of big open, you know, uh, open workspace. I hesitate to say classroom space that feels kind of cold, but like an area where we do our workshops, but it's more sort of fluid. There's, we want to have a maker space. So when they're making things like their, their products um, or art for their zine, for the zine um, we want to have a creative space, but also computer lab, um, a place where they can do research. Um, for any of the you know activities that they're doing, um, and we do kind of also want to have maybe small a small gift shop area so the girls who are selling their products will have a space for them to actually sell those those items to the community as well. So I do have a vision in my mind of kind of what that looks like. Just an open, fluid, very cozy space. Um, you know, you talk about kind of like a tween hangout. We are going to have an after school, uh, maybe a club. I don't know if that's the right word, but an after school program where girls can kind of come and socialize and create. Um, that is the goal as well. It sounds fun. It sounds really yeah. fun. Um, are there other programs 
like what I mean, what you're doing and what you're describing, uh, either in Portland or in the Pacific Northwest, that you use as a model, or do you are are you making this up 100% from from new new fabric? Um, there's not a lot. I mean, not specifically for girls. There's certainly all girl program uh, programs out there, um, and there are academic programs out there. Um, so it's a combination of some things um, there. We have been really inspired by the Lower East Side Girls Club in New York City. They're, they've been around for, and don't quote me on this, about 20 years or so. Um, they are a huge organization that does such a variety of things for girls. Um, and I have been really inspired by the work that they've done. And so I think that's really also kind of pushed us to, to branch out a little bit, just being so inspired by the work that they're doing. Um, but there's not a whole lot out there. I mean, that's why we offer this, just because there aren't as many opportunities like this for girls. Um, and, you know, we try not to be too structured in what we do. We want girls to have autonomy about, you know, over what they're learning and what they're experiencing and just to really kind of grow as themselves instead of being put in this box of you have to learn these exact things and do these exact tasks. We want them to really be their own unique creative selves. Mary Lestrala is the executive director for Girls Count. Um, Mary, just one last, last more general question. Um, we have a new vice president coming in, mm -hmm. and yes. she is a woman. Uh, yeah. uh, how, does how does that play into your organization? I mean, it's it's does it play indirectly? Does it play indirectly? What 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 are your um, feelings? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a huge inspiration for girls to see someone who you know is in a leadership role like that. Um, that has been so wonderful to see. Um, you know, we've talked to girls recently and they're, they're just ready for the next, they're for the, our first female president um, and think that this is a great first step. You know, women in leadership roles has always been, you know, so important to us. We want to have mentors in the community. We want girls to be able to look up to someone, to see someone in that role that they want, you know, whether it's a job or just something they're interested in. So um, I think this has been such a wonderful turn for us. Um, we're really looking forward to the next four years, eight years, who knows, um, and, and what changes that's going to bring for us. We're really excited. And if, if uh, parents want to sign up their, their girls, where, how do they do that? Where do they go? Yeah, find us through our website, girlscountpdx.org. Mary, thank you so much for talking today, and thanks, and good luck with uh, securing the new space. It sounds like an thank exciting you. next chapter. Thank you. I appreciate it. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, XRay FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>